The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Did you know that relaxation is all in your mind? That's right. By applying various techniques of mindfulness, you can practice relaxation anywhere and anytime, whether it's at home, work, or at play. Welcome to Come Back to Your Senses Radio with host Leah Brenda Smith. Our program is all about recovering your common sense. Now, here's health and wellness specialist Leah Brenda Smith. Hello, I am your host, Leah Brenda Smith, and I welcome you to come back to your senses radio on Voice America Variety and simultaneously being broadcast on Project Freedom Radio Network. If you're looking for me on the net, you can find me at leahbrendasmith.com at my website or on the Facebook page at Come Back to Your Senses Radio. So welcome, everyone, and I hope we all enjoyed a a great holiday season, even though we're still in the midst of it, and some folks have had to go back to work, and up here in the north, we are having lots of snow. So welcome in today to the many dimensions of self-care. Self-care is the first step, really, in health care, and the home is really the front line for health and care and good self-care practices that can keep you and your family happy and healthy throughout your lifespan. Imagine being able to continue to enjoy a good quality of satisfaction and well-being well into the later years of your life. Self-care consists of a wide range of activities that individuals undertake, either on their own or in collaboration with health care professionals to maintain well-being, treat ailments, and to prevent illnesses. And there are so many dimensions to self-care, and comprehensive self-care will not only focus on your body. It also involves the people you spend time with, the activities you engage in, the way you speak up on your own behalf, keeping your environment in order, Balancing your budget, nurturing your soul, and no longer making commitments based on obligation or guilt. These are some of the many dimensions of self-care. Now, making pleasure a priority is also of high importance in the domain of self-care and ensuring that you focus on daily habits that are soothing, relaxing, and nourishing for your body, your mind, and your soul. Obviously, this will be different things for different people based on what it is that brings you pleasure. For some, it is a walk in nature or having fresh flowers in your home. 
getting a massage, going to a movie, listening to your own kind of music. Some like to do it with their feet up, while others like to prance around the house while they listen to music. Now, being a martyr and being in control of everyone else's existence has no place in the self-care equation. It's important to stop expecting others to read your mind and to know what it is you need and then get upset when they don't get it right. Practicing good self-care means taking the initiative to speak up for your own needs and let the people around you know what you need instead of complaining about how you can't get what you want. It's important to include yourself in the equation of your own life. So instead of the cheery yes, yes smile that people sometimes automatically flash when someone asks something of them, it's important to consider yourself before agreeing to serve the needs of others. It really is okay to say no. And there is certainly no honor in honoring other people at the exclusion of honoring yourself. So if you want to live an authentic life, you need to find a way to be okay with the possibility of disappointing and upsetting other people. There is so much that people do and say, or don't do and don't say, in the name of not wanting to hurt another person's feelings. Yes, if that is the way that you are living your life, then underneath that exterior of trying to be kind towards others, you're actually hurting yourself. You're living to serve another, and no one is living the life that you want to live. There is no way around this merry-go-round. Sometimes people will not like your choices. Sometimes people will be disappointed. Sometimes people will get their feelings hurt. And sometimes people will not like you. And that's just part of life. It may not be one of the easiest parts of life, but it's an essential part of the process if you want your life to reflect your true values and your deepest needs and desires. Too often we go for settling for something that's okay in favor of going for what we really want. We settle into something that's comfortable and seemingly easy enough to manage and live with that at the exclusion of really going for what it is that we really want. We do this in all areas of our lives, work, health, in our friendships, with our family, how we spend our leisure time, and our primary relationships with a lover, a spouse, or a partner. And then at the end of the day, we find that we have lived a mediocre, albeit comfortable life. We've kept the status quo. And that was also reflected in our level of satisfaction, mediocrity, and status quo. 
Life has taught me that I can never really be healthy or happy without living the life that I came here to live. And that includes what I do for work, who I spend my time with, how I engage in my partnerships, the food I eat, what I read, the TV I watch, the thoughts I think, the state of my home, how I dress, the time, energy, and care that I take with myself, the way I wash, how I put myself to bed, the way I talk to myself, how I support myself, what I aspire to, the depth of truth that I reveal to myself and how I share that truth with the world around me. All of these are dimensions of self-care. And when we care for ourselves earnestly, with great care and deliberation, we will automatically care for others, including family, friends, and the world at large, in healthier, more free-flowing and effective ways. We naturally become more conscious and more conscientious. We tell the truth with ease and we make choices in our lives from a place of love and compassion, not from a place of obligation and guilt. Clearly, if you are not happy in your relationships with family, friends, and partners, then likely your family, friends, and partners are not happy either. To truly enjoy our life, we need to live and work in an environment that is nurturing to our body and our soul. Everyone's more likely to thrive when they are doing work that truly allows them to express their gifts and talents. To be where they are appreciated for their contribution and where they're able to appreciate others as well. It takes patience, commitment, and trust to walk a path of deep self-care. Initially, while you're getting used to the shift in your life, you may notice some uncomfortable feelings rising to the surface. Commonly, people feel guilty when they begin to include themselves in the equation of their lives and put themselves front row and center. You may be concerned about being judged or criticized by others. Yet in the long run, not only are you making a choice for a healthier, happier you, but this will also have a great impact in a positive way on the people in your life. You're setting a great example for others. Now, a common way that people deal with the levels of stress or lack of satisfaction with their work or their relationships 
is by using excessive amounts of food or drugs, alcohol, gambling, TV, computer games, or other distractions to numb their feelings of frustration and dissatisfaction. It's common for people who are caregivers and always on call for the needs of others to ignore their own needs in favor of tending to the needs of others. And too often, this situation escalates until something happens, either an illness, an accident, or an intervention, which forces you to deal with the imbalance in your life that has been created by caring for others at the exclusion of caring for yourself. All too often, people are so stingy with themselves and overcompensating by being extremely overprotective of others or overcaring. Some folks live on the edge of self-neglect. This is uh, common for people that grew up in an environment of neglect where there was chaos, uh, abuse, or deprivation in some way. Yet there's no need to dismay anyone at any time in their lives, regardless of their circumstances, can learn the art of good self-care. Being overly generous with your care, time, and energy towards others is a sign that you're being stingy with yourself. It's a sign that your own needs are not being met. You're not really expressing your truth emotionally or there's something in your life that you feel is missing. Rather than focusing on your own needs and balance out your self-care equation, you're overcompensating by being over-generous with others. You may actually be yearning for deeper connections or more meaningful conversations, or even time for deeper levels of intimacy in your relationship with yourself. Often folks that are overly generous with others really want to receive what it is that they're giving to other people. I used to live like this, always and forever tuned to the needs of others, serving and giving and giving until I was exhausted and sometimes left feeling resentful when I could see others benefiting from what I was sharing with them. You know, watching other people excel in areas of their lives that they wanted to pursue. Yet in the aftermath of my over-giving and over-caring approach, I was alone and depleted and not moving any closer to my own goals and desires. You know, neglecting your own life in favor of helping others to excel in their life is not the sign of a good caregiver. It was a huge shock and a rude awakening for me to recognize that taking care of others was never going to take care of me. But when we recognize that we need to shift our focus physically, mentally, and emotionally towards caring for ourselves, then the whole equation of giving and receiving can come into a realistic perspective for you. This will have a positive impact on your relationships with everybody. 
as your relationship will become more of an equal exchange of giving and receiving and no longer a one-way street with you always in the driver's seat, eternally giving to others. It's the same with the go, go, go cycle that some people get caught in, never allowing themselves to take a break. If you are a person that does this and is on overdrive from the time you wake up until you go to bed at night, then recognize that your equation of self-care is out of balance. If you find that you will not naturally take breaks throughout the day to do something that's pleasurable for yourself, then schedule your breaks. You may find that through this kind of action on your own behalf, you may connect more deeply with the activities and the interactions that you're involved with and not spend so much time rushing through your tasks and obligations so that you can get to the next task or obligation. So here are some pretty clear clues that things might be out of balance. As an example, if you find yourself saying, I never have time to do what I really want to do, it could really mean that you're not taking the time to care for yourself. Or perhaps your story is that you always end up doing everything yourself, which could mean that you're just not asking for help. Nor perhaps you say that no one appreciates the things that I do, which could mean that you take over and then hope someone will notice and appreciate what you're doing. Or my family or work or friends take up all of my time, which could be an indication that you've chosen to make your family work or your friends more important than your own needs. So when you're feeling overwhelmed and frustrated, you could try asking yourself a few basic questions that may help you to get back on track with yourself, such as, what do you want right now? What do you need more of? Or perhaps, what do you need less of? Or what are you most resenting in this moment? And even, what are you yearning for? Now, asking yourself these simple questions can give you the clues that you may be missing that can help you shift your energy back to a place of balance and connectedness within your relationship to yourself so that you have more of a sense of inner the inner and the outer world coming back into balance and harmony. And when you ask these questions, be specific with yourself so that you have some clear action that you can take on your own behalf so that you can give yourself what it is that you need. You may discover that what you need is to eat more vegetables and fruit or to go for a walk or that you need help around the house or the office with specific tasks or chores. Perhaps more sleep is in order or time to express your creativity through singing, dancing, writing, art, or your favorite craft or hobby. You may be yearning for deeper exchange in your friendships. Or you're in the need of an adventure or some good clean fun. 
Or perhaps things have just gotten cluttered in your home or at the office and you need time to just clear the decks. As soon as you notice that you're not quite in the flow with yourself, check in with how you're feeling and what you're sensing you need so that you can put the correction in long before you become too off-kilter or so off-kilter that could really necessitate intervention over a longer period of time to replenish yourself and come back to your senses. You know, in an ideal world, in our formative years, while we're growing up, we receive nurturing from our parents and other adults in our environment. We learn about mothering by how it feels to be cared for, loved, guided, and directed. In some circumstances, we learn about these things in the adverse position by a lack of nurturing and care. But as we mature into adults, we take on the role of nurturing, mothering, and giving guidance and good counsel to ourselves. As part of the developmental stages into adulthood, we learn to parent ourselves. And this is a natural and essential dimension of self-care. Did you ever have one of those dreams where you'd forgotten to feed the cat or the dog or even the children? These kinds of dreams could be guiding you to recognize that you are the one that's in need of nurturing. That is important for you to spend some time focusing on increasing your level of self-care. It's clearly the role of each person to care for themselves, to ensure your needs are being met, and that you're not compromising your own needs in the name of trying to make life comfortable for somebody else. Like that all-too-famous announcement when you're traveling by plane just prior to liftoff, you hear some version of, ensure that you secure your own oxygen mask before attempting to help your child. When you care for your needs first, you're able to help others in such a way that your own resources do not become depleted. If you care for others before caring for yourself, then you're on a slippery slope that can put your own health and well-being into jeopardy. So as mentioned earlier, at times, in the name of giving yourself what you truly need, you may find yourself disappointing others. And this is especially true of the relationships where you have had a tendency to overextend yourself and give above and beyond. In these situations, when you start making your own needs a priority, you're changing the way that you relate to others. And it may take some time for others to adjust to your new way of being, and some of the people in your life may become resentful and not be able to shift with you and support you in this new habit of caring for yourself first. To ensure that you remain focused on caring for yourself, it may require you to become more direct, honest, and compassionate with the people in your life. So here's some suggestions that can help you through this transition. And once you have these in place for yourself, it will just become second nature 
And you and the people in your life will make room for you to focus on your own needs first. So when someone makes an initial request of you for something, just tell them that you'll get back to them. Or even let them know that it's not a good time for you, but if they are absolutely stuck, then they could give you a call. This gives you the time and the space to determine if it's right for you, and also the time and the space for the other person to find someone else to help them. You know, once you give yourself the time to check in with yourself, to determine if it's something that you can do willingly, not out of obligation or guilt, but a genuine act of helping, then that's different. That would be a good indication to go ahead. But if you know that it's not something that you want to do, tell them you're sorry, but you'll not be able to help them out with their request. Tell the truth in a gentle way that's respectful. Simply be honest without over-explaining your reasons or your circumstances. And if and when you know you're in a position of knowing that you will be disappointing someone, you want to do it with care and respect. Not try to manage their emotional response to what you're saying. You can only control the way you respond, not the way the other person may react to what you're saying. You will know that this is working for you when you have that feeling of relief that comes from speaking up on your own behalf. Even if that feeling doesn't come until after the other person has had their reaction to your communication, Sooner or later in life, you'll have to practice saying no. You may even be able to take some tips from others in your life who may have already mastered this art. So establishing healthy routines is another fundamental dimension of self-care. And I have to admit, this was an area where I was a bit slow to find consistency. But I eventually recognized that it was my attitude towards routine that was standing in my way and not the routines themselves. I had previously equated routine with being stagnant or static and not leaving room for spontaneity and creativity. I now see that routines actually allow time for creativity and spontaneity as routines can ensure that I actually accomplish the things that I want to do rather than just talk about or think about what it is that I want to achieve. I've also come to recognize how much the human body relies on routine and that fundamental things like going to bed and waking up at the same time every day is so healthy and so is eating breakfast lunch, and dinner at relatively the same time every day. The human body is actually designed to thrive on routine. All of nature reflects these same kinds of routines, night and day, the movement of the sun and the moon in the sky, the waxing and the waning of the tides, the cycles of the seasons, it's good to ask yourself some fundamental questions like, how can I better organize my time so that I do not feel overwhelmed? 
manage your routines so that your life can flow nicely and support you in the things that you want to include in your daily life. Now, when we go to bed at night, at about the same time every night, we're supporting stability in our body by ensuring that our hormones remain balanced. When the body's imbalanced, it's much easier to keep your mind and emotions in balance and enjoy deeper levels of relaxation and peace. And even though you may have a busy life, you do not need to experience the chaos that can so often accompany a busy life. With structure and routine, you'll be able to maintain an even pace and organize your activities. Now, this past week, I took some time to make some changes in my home. I'd been feeling that my environment was actually taking energy from me instead of flowing energy to me. Now, what started out as a little pile of papers and books turned into clutter and overflowing piles of things that had gathered and collected. In no time, my environment had lost its luster, you know, lost the pristine energy of consciousness and order that can both energize and soothe. A place for everything and everything in its place. I'm happy to report that the overhaul was very successful. As with all things, once getting things in order, it naturally takes a concerted effort to keep things that way so that the environment where you live, work, and play is free of clutter that can bog you down, make you feel complacent, or shut down your creativity. Now, I've always been aware of how an environment affects my emotional and mental health, as well as the aesthetics, and the inspiration and motivation to create, relax, and really spread out energetically and enjoy. I encourage you to be aware of the thoughts and feelings that you have in your home, work, and play environments. Notice if any of these places create stress or anxiety or dread in your body or in your mind. We're all quite different with respect to what we're willing to tolerate. You know, for some, a few pieces of clothing on a chair is acceptable. For others, the clothes could be on the floor and you would simply step over them. And for others, hanging each piece of clothing up each and every time you get undressed is the only way to live. Some people do the dishes immediately after eating. Others relax and wait a little while. Some do them in the morning. And others let them pile up until there's no more clean glasses or cutlery in the cupboards or drawers. It's not so much a question of right or wrong. Ultimately, we each choose what's right for us. Yet when it comes to self-care, the state of your environment has a bigger impact on you than what you may be aware of or willing to admit. If you tend to leave things pile up or always wait till the last moment to restore your environment, you may find that dropping out of caring for the simple activities of daily life may be what's keeping other things at bay in your life, like being able to speak up in your relationships or at work, or making and keeping your fitness goals, 
or you may be lagging behind in the area of healthy self-esteem and self-expression. You could ask yourself these simple questions. Does your environment support your purpose in life? Is your environment holding you back from moving towards your goals? Does your environment inspire or shut down your energy? And does your environment really reflect who it is that you are? If you need to increase your self-care in this area, you could just pick one room and go through the room with things in mind that you're wanting the environment to nurture you. Ask yourself what you might need to change in the room. Get rid of the stuff that you don't need. You know, the stuff that just takes up space. And adjust the room. Adjust it so that it really matches the truth of who you are. You'll be a much happier person. Now, I knew I was well on my way to a healthy relationship with my own self-care when I started to become clear about things that I was no longer willing to participate in and had the courage to speak up and let others know what my limits were. Everyone's list is unique to their preferences, but here's some examples that maybe can help you generate the list of things for yourself. Like rushing around, I am resolved to do things calmly and methodically. It takes being mindful in the moment to take a few deep breaths and proceed forward more slowly. I'm no longer willing to participate in other people's drama or my own. I have no interest in following the unspoken social rules of how to behave in certain situations. I'm not interested in spending time gossiping or speaking negatively about others. I don't tolerate listening to people speak about car accidents when I'm driving in the car with them. I'm no longer willing to say yes when I mean no. I choose to decline invitations to spend time with people that live in chaos. I have no tolerance for verbal abuse from anyone. I no longer take phone calls at all hours of the day or night. I do not go to social engagements out of obligation. I'm not available for other people to use me as a target for their banter. So take some time to observe your interactions and reactions to people and activities in your own life so that you can determine what situations and individuals are no longer aligned with who you are and the level of care that you want to enjoy and maintain. You know, some people are just more sensitive than others. This is not necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. It's just the way life is. And I was quite relieved when I finally realized that my sensitivity was one of my greatest strengths. This prompted me to recognize that being sensitive is actually a gift. And once I was empowered with the knowledge, then I was able to begin to care for and nurture my sensitivity in new ways. 
I became more mindful about adjusting the light, sound, and temperature in my environment to match my sensory needs. I stopped trying to compete with the sound of the radio and the heater in the car while having a conversation with a friend. I prefer quiet social gatherings to large events in large venues. I wear mostly cotton clothes as I find other fabrics rough on my skin. Now these are just a few examples of ways that I began to care for my sensitivities. Again, we're all different and what will work for me may not be what you need. You know, recently I reconnected with a high school friend and as part of our reminiscing ritual, I thanked him for being mindful of my sensitivities when we were younger. He was always a fan of rock and roll. And I liked the light rock but could not tolerate and still cannot tolerate the distortion pedal on the electric guitar. My friend used to take the time to pick the selections on albums that he liked that were gentler on my nervous system. So it's great to be able to thank him all these years later. You know, self-care isn't always about needing to make huge changes and doesn't always need to take a lot of time or even money. Self-care can be expressed in little subtle ways that can make a big difference, like choosing a bright-lit restaurant or going out for a meal after the lunch or supper rush, where the dining experience may be more laid back and quieter. Unless, of course, you thrive on the crowd and the energy of a busy place. For some people, that's part of the appeal and enjoyment of going out. As I said, we're all so individual. So here's just a few questions you can ask yourself that can help you to move along those lines of caring more for your own sensitivities. Like how can you eliminate some of that extra noise in your environment? In what ways can you decrease the negativity in your life? You know, some people choose to not read newspapers or listen to the news or watch violent television shows because they don't want to be exposed to that level of negative energy, even though they're well aware that these things exist in the world. You might ask yourself if there are people in your life that are draining your vital life energy and find ways to either reframe that or decrease the amount of time that you spend with them. Or maybe these are relationships that will just fade away as time goes on. You may want to ask yourself if there's ways that you can change the demands that you have, you know, with uh, emails and uh, telephone calls and texting. We're all bombarded with this input from other people all the time. So you're certainly able to be in the driver's seat with that and decide when it is that you'll answer these emails or get back to people. Mostly, I find that people have trained other people in their lives to expect that they're going to instantly uh, return their uh, their text or email or telephone call. So do what you need to do to make life work for you in the context of your own self-care. And then from a sensory point of view, what kind of an environment most fits your sensory diet preferences and make it your business to make sure that you can manage your environment so that it's more soothing for you. 
You know, the foundation of all of the dimensions of self-care really begins with your physical body. And as we hear time and again, without your health, you have nothing. And taking good care of your body is the best investment that you can make in the quality of your life in the present and long into your future. Recognize that there are many dimensions of self-care that relate to the body, not just the ones that we typically hear about like diet, exercise, losing weight, getting in shape, which are, of course, essential and very important. But let's focus also on the bigger picture of truly experiencing life by being fully present in your body. You know, in the midst of a busy life, it's very common to postpone those regular health care checkups that are both preventative and maintain good levels of existing health, like annual physicals with routine blood work, eye exams, dental cleanings, pap smears, mammograms, and prostate screening. Then there's the other types of appointments that you want to check in with, like chiropractic care, massage therapy. Perhaps you're uh, in the mood or due for a makeover and you want a new hairstyle. Then there's the manicure, the pedicure, or even a facial for the guys as well as the women. You want to check in with yourself to see that you have these things in place. It's essential that you take charge of your health. You know, the most debilitating untruth that we tell ourselves about our health is that it will get better on its own. And although there are certainly some minor aches and pains that crop up from time to time, whether it's from overexertion or, you know, trying to go for a run before warming up or bumping into something, you know, the little minor cuts, scrapes, burns and bruises that are just a common part of life, there are other things that have more of a physical base like chronic poor digestion or irregular elimination or regular heartburn, chronic pain, constant headaches, regular dizziness, or a, a whole list of other things, which will not just improve on their own without intervention in some form, whether it's a lifestyle change, taking a natural remedy, starting a medication, or some other form of holistic or medical diagnostic and treatment. Though although you know your body better than anybody, most of us are not the kind of healthcare practitioner that can really look after these larger health problems, and it would be best to stay clear of trying to diagnose yourself. The bottom line is if you have a recurring health condition, seek help from a trained practitioner, from a trained professional. You know, listening to your body is an essential component of self-care. You'd be surprised how many people don't eat when they're hungry. They don't sleep when they're tired. They don't take a break when they're having trouble concentrating. So you want to listen to your body so you can ensure you do these things. Some people even wait to go to the bathroom. Do you have pain or tension anywhere in your body? Do you feel weak in your body or tired a lot of the time? 
you may find that the emotions that you're not expressing are building up in your body in the form of stress. So listen, listen to your body. It's an important part of self-care. And choose your healthcare practitioners carefully. You want to be receiving care from people that you feel comfortable with, someone that you can be open and honest and relaxed with. You know, we've given our power away a lot to doctors, but it is our responsibility. We're responsible for our wellness, and the healthcare practitioners partner with us to help us take better care of ourselves. You want to choose people that are going to take the time to answer your questions. You want to feel comfortable when you leave an appointment to know that you got your answers that you needed. And it's important to find the right emotional support for yourself. Sometimes people like to take others with them when they're going for medical appointments, especially if they're not certain what the outcome is going to be. I've certainly accompanied a lot of people. We want to choose someone that's calm and level-headed, somebody that might be able to clarify the details for you afterwards, and someone that's going to keep the confidentiality, the confidentiality that you may want. So oftentimes we're so busy attending to the tasks of daily life that we forget to tend to the things that we truly enjoy in life. Never let go of the joy factor. You know, a great benefit of practicing good self-care is the freedom that you'll have to really let yourself relax and enjoy your life. You'll naturally feel inspired to gravitate towards the forgotten passions and aspirations that you may have uh, dropped along the way in favor of focusing on career goals or raising a family. But once you recover from your busy life, you'll have the time and the energy to focus on some of your lost dreams. For some people, these may be very concrete goals involving something you have always wanted to study. Perhaps it's photography or astrology. Maybe you wanted to learn a musical instrument or take up skin diving, or martial arts, or rollerblading, or cake decorating. For others, it may be as simple as creating and starting to enjoy the things on your bucket list. It's never too late to make a date with your bucket list. Let your mind wander. Enjoy the luxury of letting yourself daydream and notice where your thoughts and images may take you. It's time to explore your untapped potential, that uncharted territory of your inner desires. Nothing needs to be off limits. If truly something has meaning for you, then go for it. And if your next adventure costs more money than you currently have available, then make a plan and start to put some money aside so that you can move towards the development of these new areas that you want to grow into. In the meantime, you could begin by reading or doing research in these new areas of growth and development. And in that way, you're bringing the energy of these things into your life. It's very exciting. New adventures, new adventures. So self-care really means caring enough about yourself to be your own best advocate for anything and everything that will increase your satisfaction, 
your health and your well-being of your daily life. Not something out there in the future, but really now, every moment, in this day. So look for things that you know will augment or enhance your reality and bring you deeper levels of authentic self-actualization. You don't need to wait for permission from anyone else. You're the only one that can give permission, give you permission to live the life you came here to live, to engage in the activities that you know are right for you, and to have enough self-respect to allow yourself to tell the truth about your needs and what it is that you're willing to contribute to all of the other aspects of your life. Here's a couple of tips. If it feels wrong, don't do it. Say exactly what you mean. Don't be a people pleaser. Trust your instincts. Never speak badly about yourself. Never give up on your dreams. Don't be afraid to say no. Don't be afraid to say yes. Be kind to yourself. Let go of what you can't control. And stay away from drama and negativity as much as possible. These are 10 steps for self-care from a Facebook page called Lessons Learned in Life. And here's another 10-step list from Nourished by Nature that says, Less alcohol, more tea. Less meat, more vegetables. Less salt, more vinegar. Less sugar, more fruit. Less eating, more chewing. Less words, more action. Less greed, more giving. Less worry, more sleep. Less driving, more walking. And less anger and more laughter. And then just a few tips here, just some general practices for increasing care and decreasing stress. Set a regular time to stop work each day. Take the weekends off. Make a daily self-care guide that's specific and realistic. Think about your good qualities. Delegate something. Say no to some things. Set healthy limits between your needs and those of others. And ask for help when you need it. For some of us, that is a really big obstacle. Asking for help when you need it. Now, Cheryl Richardson, author of The Art of Extreme Self-Care, suggests that we should carry some things in our toolkit. You want to know, you want to know for yourself, where should you go for support when you're afraid or when you need company or when you need comfort? 
And who is the best for you to avoid when you're anxious or when you're overwhelmed? What does your body need in order to feel nurtured and strong and healthy? And what commitments and responsibilities do you need to let go of so that you can have more time and space to feel what's really going on with yourself and time to respond to your needs? What are the unhealthy habits that you've cultivated in order to cope with stress of your life that you may need to let go of in favor of creating healthy strategies? What spiritual practices help you connect with your higher aspects of yourself and your connection to all things? What do you need in order to feel comfortable in the moment? How do you best express your feelings? What can you do or use to help you to remember to take a deep breath, to slow your thoughts down, and to bring yourself more alert and present in your body in the moment? And what can you do when you need to take a break from the stress? What are your healthy distractions? Now, I encourage you to continue to explore this topic of self-care and determine which of the many dimensions of self-care you may need to spend some extra time improving. Improving the way that you give to yourself. Remember, Self-care is a lifetime adventure, not something that you do well for a while until you have mastered it and then let go of it. And we all have different preferences. Some people like to meditate. Some people like to pray. Some people like to go out and run a marathon. Some people like skydiving. Find what it is that you need for yourself where you feel like you're really caring for yourself and giving yourself what you need, and the pleasure and joy that you may be have missing, you may have been missing out on. No, self-care is something that grows and changes with you throughout your life. And as we mature, our needs change. And what worked well or was sufficient at one stage in life may not be sufficient later on. Self-love, self-respect, Self-determination, self-esteem, self-actualization, self-advocacy are all aspects of the self-care equation. So let the drought be over. Let the old habits of being stingy with yourself be a thing of the past. Become a great example of a person with a comprehensive self-care plan. It's never too soon or never too late to make yourself the number one priority on the list of who you give your best care, energy, time, love, and attention to. So I just close the show today with this little quote that says, it's from Brian Andres, and he says, There are days... I drop words of comfort on myself like falling leaves and remember that it's enough to be taken care of by myself. Thank you for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. I am your ever grateful host, Leah Brenda Smith, and look forward to sharing some more things with you next week. 
In the meantime, we want to increase our self-care equation and relax and enjoy your life. We hope you've enjoyed our program today and perhaps have found some new techniques that you can apply to your daily life. Thank you for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. Please join Leah Brenda Smith again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.